Ohio State and Notre Dame meet in just the second top ten battle over the first four weeks of this college football season. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Brian Gulick, of, who covers Ohio State for the Sports Illustrated. Uh, Brian, let's start with Ohio State. Three and zero so far. Wins over Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. Uh, what have we learned through three games? What have we learned? Well, Bob, it's good to talk to you again. Um, I think uh, I think we've learned that this team certainly has the talent that uh, we expected they would have. And I think it's probably a good thing they didn't play Notre Dame right out of the gate because I'm not so sure it would have gone extremely well. The reality is you're replacing an offensive lineman and you're replacing, or I should say, a quarterback and three offensive linemen uh, that all went to the NFL. So it was going to look a little bumpy, but... Uh, Marvin Harrison still looks like Marvin Harrison. Uh, to me, I think Kyle McCord is pretty capable of leading this team you know, toward a college football staff appearance. I, I think they've got a challenging uh, three games on their schedule, probably. I'm not so sure the Wisconsin game is going to be as difficult as I first thought it would be, but you know, Notre Dame and Penn State and Michigan are all really good. Um, but I think this team, you know, after three weeks, kind of trying to get their – their feet underneath them, they, they look solid. I'm not ready to say Ohio State's going to win a national championship, but the reality is they don't have to yet. They just, you know, this week they just got to go beat Notre Dame, and I think they're, they're certainly capable of doing that. Okay, so let's break down some of the things you just said there. Let's start with the offense. After McCord was named the starting quarterback officially last week, he was impressive against Western Kentucky. How do you evaluate him? Uh, at this point, uh, you know, basically three starts into the uh, into the season. I think Kyle's been really good. He uh, he's shown an ability to make some pretty impressive throws. I mean, he's you know, obviously in the college game, the, the hash marks are wider than in the NFL game, right? So we've seen him a couple of times, uh, for example, like be out wide left on the field and make throws deep up the right side of the field. Um, you know, to, to receivers and be on target. I mean, last week he was 19 of 23 for 318 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, I thought he showed some impressive resiliency after uh, a strip sack fumble early in the game where things were maybe, you know, unraveling a little bit. Um, he kind of put his foot in the ground and said, look, I'm, I'm not going to let this get away and put together a great performance. Uh, I, look, I, I think it's way too early to say anything of great superlatives about Kyle, but I feel very confident in telling you that he has what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick. You know, let's see how his career unfolds. But he's got the size. He's got the arm strength for sure. He's a really intelligent kid. His teammates love him. Um, you know, he's got incredibly uh, good coaching at Ohio State. And look, Ryan Day, what, what he's done with quarterbacks. Uh, has been you know more impressive than any other college coach in the country. I could absolutely see Kyle McCord being a professional quarterback, whether or not he becomes a, a multi-gazillionaire and you know uh, an NFL superstar. <laughs> let's wait and see how it goes. But he he absolutely has what it takes uh, to lead Ohio State and, and to make this uh, you know, a big-time career for himself. Okay, we can say you know, big-time superlatives about Marvin Harrison Jr. Ohio State's turned out a whole lot of wide receivers in the recent years going to the NFL. He's considered to be the best of that group. What sets Harrison apart from those other guys? You know, it's, it's difficult to pinpoint any one specific thing, but um, 
His work ethic is off the charts. And for as much time as I have spent in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, um, you know, when we're allowed to be there, you know, let me preface this by saying practice is closed to the media, uh, but we're there several days a week, you know, with the ability to talk to coaches or players after practice, things like that. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone in on the indoor field where we're going to shoot a stand-up uh, video for some of our coverage, and there is exactly one guy working out, um, and it's Marvin. He's using a, a, a jugs machine to throw himself lots of different kinds of, of passes. You know, passes with great velocity over short distances or practicing running, you know, 40-yard post routes. Um, you just can't teach somebody to want to work hard. You know, you got to have that. And uh, when you combine a, a truly elite skill set and athleticism with an equally elite work ethic, you get a really special product, and, you know, God, I hope he stays healthy because he is as special a talent, in my opinion, that has ever come through Ohio State's receiver room. Um, and, and, you know, I, I firmly believe he is one of the five best players in college football. The receiver group for Ohio State considered to be the best in the country by most to go against a good Notre Dame secondary that includes Benjamin Morrison, who's from Brophy Prep here in Phoenix, uh, how do you break down the matchup on Saturday night with the Ohio State receivers against the secondary from Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame's strength in their secondary is their, their veteran presence. They've got a lot of experience. Uh, I think Ohio State's receiver group is quite a bit more athletic than, than Notre Dame's secondary. So, you know, it's going to be a schematic thing. How does Notre Dame try to disguise coverage? Can their veteran players uh, anticipate things because they've seen so many different things? Can they anticipate things fast enough that you know maybe it, it prevents an Ohio State receiver from breaking free? Um, because if they get caught in just straight up one-on-one, you know, man-to-man matchups, I think Ohio State's going to have the advantage there. Brendan Gulick, who covers Ohio State for the uh, for Sports Illustrated, currently in the Sports Zone. Okay, so the offense uh, before the Western Kentucky route, they, they had struggled on third down, especially struggled in the short yardage. Is the offensive line, you mentioned three new starters uh, this year, are they ready for this on Saturday night? Is McCord ready for this Saturday night? How do you evaluate that game, uh, or that group, I should say, or combination thereof going into South Bend? Yeah, it's, uh, that, to me, that's the biggest question going into the game. I think Kyle McCord is going to be ready. Um, the offensive line right now is is kind of the lingering question mark around this Buckeye team. To me, that's what's separating. Is this a good team or is this a great team? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm choosing as an Ohio State fan, right, to try to put a lot of faith and confidence in the coaching staff to get it right. Uh, they made a change at offensive line coach before last season, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that uh, they were losing battles and recruiting. They felt they should be winning. And right now, you're just being part of that unfolding. Um, I, I'm not trying to dog on Josh Simmons. He, he's Ohio State's starting left tackle, and he had a good run at, at uh, San Diego State last year. But I feel like there was a reason he was not at a Power 5 school right away. He's a good player. I need to see more from him. I, I don't think Ohio State's left tackle – can get away with playing the way Josh has played. He's, he's been okay, but he hasn't been great. 
Um, Notre Dame's got a good defense. And, you know, Ohio State has not done a great job of controlling the line of scrimmage these first couple games. Admittedly, I think they've gotten a little bit better at it each game, but they certainly haven't seen a defensive line quite like what they're going to see with Notre Dame. So they're going to have to figure out a way to be tougher, and they've got to control the line of scrimmage because if Kyle's under duress all game long, uh, it's going to be difficult for the offense to really get moving. Ryan Day wants to run the football. Um, I, I give him credit for that. In, in years past, he's been a little bit more pass-happy. I think Ohio State's running back room um, is probably as healthy as it's been in a long time, and they've got some really good running backs. I, I think those guys are going to be featured heavily, but it comes back to whether or not the offensive line can actually get some push. Um, two weeks ago against Youngstown State, an FCS opponent, so you would expect Ohio State to, to you know, literally physically move around all over the place. That didn't really happen. Last week against Western Kentucky, a little bit better. But um, offensive line play for the Buckeyes, I think, is the lingering question. If they get good offensive line play, I think they win this game you know, by a couple scores. If the offensive line does not play well, I think it's going to be a nail-biter. Okay, Al Golden has been known to blitz. Uh, you know, I don't know if Ohio State is exactly seeing a whole lot of blitzes these first game, three games. In fact, I've watched these three games, and they really haven't seen much of that. Is, is that going to be a huge adjustment for them in week four here? Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. They haven't seen too many chaotic, you know, exotic blitz packages. And I would expect Notre Dame to try to speed up the clock a little bit on Kyle McCord and see if he can – process things under a little bit more pressure. Um, but Ohio State as a group has seen a bunch of teams the last couple of years that have brought lots of blitzes. Um, I'm, I'm reckoning back to even Indiana a couple of years ago when, I mean, it felt like they were bringing seven guys every play because they felt like that was just the only way they could uh, truly attack Ohio State's offense. Uh, so I, I don't think that it's going to go I, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where the Buckeyes feel completely unprepared to handle uh, a whole bunch of that. But I'm, I'm sure Notre Dame's going to try to find ways to confuse Kyle and whether they're actually bringing extra blitzers or just showing them pre-snap and backing out of it. You know, maybe maybe you have defensive ends that drop into coverage and linebackers that come. Um, try to give him different kinds of looks that, that you know, are well-disguised pre-snap. I think that's probably their better game plan because the reality is, Bob, if you get the ball to Marvin Harrison or Emeka Igbuka or Julian Fleming in open space, you're probably going to give up 20 yards. And if Notre Dame wants to win the game, they can't give up huge chunk plays to an offense that can move the ball the way Ohio State can. It, it, most years here recently, or most games, I should say, here recently, uh, the Ohio State has not had – They've always it seemed like they've always had the superior quarterback. I don't think that's the case this week. You know, Sam Hartman, 13 touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, the Ohio State defense, second year under Jim Knowles, uh, certainly looked good against an explosive Western Kentucky offense last week. Uh, how much has this defense improved from last year? You know, Obviously, at the end of last year, we saw them give up tons of big plays and the losses to Michigan and Georgia. Uh, has that been cleaned up, do you think? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll answer this question in two parts. Uh, first of all, defensively, this is the best Ohio State defense I've seen in several years. 
Um, they look outstanding. I, I want to see a little bit more from the defensive line in terms of creating pressure. Um, but Ohio State's got a top-five defense in the country right now by, by every metric. Um, and most importantly for Buckeye fans, the secondary has played terrific. Um, they, have, they have changed a little bit in the way, uh, well, I should say he has changed a little bit, Jim Knowles has, in the way he's called plays, he was asked about this point blank last week, where it's like, "Hey, look, you know, you had this this back to back year stretch at o- at Oklahoma State, where you had a top five defense nationally, and they were super aggressive, and and this team was, you know, firing on all cylinders." He was asked how much of that success at Oklahoma State was due to your aggressive play calling, and he basically said it was a huge byproduct of it. And one of the lessons he had to learn at Ohio State was. He's got a little bit different caliber of athlete and better depth. And he's playing against offenses that look different in the Big Ten than they did in the Big 12. And he's, he's adjusted to trying to just say, okay, I've got guys that can go make this happen. I don't need to blitz two extra players to get home on the quarterback because our defensive linemen have largely been good enough to create that pressure on their own. So I can call something a little bit less aggressive help the secondary from giving up those big chunk plays over the top that have cost us against Michigan and against Georgia last year. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, I think, is the best linebacker in America. He's unbelievably good. Um, you know, he's, he's the anchor of that group for sure. But Denzel Burke, a kid from out your way in Arizona, is, is playing as well as he's ever played after a bad year last year. He looks like an All-American this year. Um, so I, I really think those, those defensive issues have largely been uh, put to bed. It's not to say you're never going to give up a bad play, but I, I think the defense has looked substantially better. I am willing, though, I think, to clap back just a little bit on something you said at the beginning. Now, I know this may not be super popular. Sam Hartman is very good, and his stats uh, certainly back that up. What he accomplished at Wake Forest was impressive, and he looks really good at Notre Dame so far. And, and Kyle McCord is still unproven to a lot of people because he's played three games this year and he started a spot start against Akron a couple years ago. Um, I think Kyle McCord's got better tools than Sam Hartman, but I don't know that I'm willing to say, you know, plant my flag in the ground for sure that Notre Dame's got a far superior quarterback in this game. Sam Hartman has played a lot of college football for sure. Um, he's got a ton of experience. He's one of the oldest kids playing college football in the country. But I, I'm, I'm pretty big on Kyle McCord. I really like the kid. And I have a sneaking suspicion you're going to see a, a pretty good performance from Kyle on Saturday. So I'm with Brandon Gulick of uh, covers Ohio State for Sports Illustrated. Okay, last year Ohio State won the season opener 21-10. to uh, the quarterback and many other players, other key players, are different than a year ago. Does that game last year mean anything this week? I don't think so. You know, mostly because it was so early in the season uh, that both you know both teams let you gear up all off season to to try to go into a war like that. I think Ohio State in that sector in that game last year, the second half, they clearly were the better team. Um, it was a physical game that Ohio State eventually wore them down, but you know the Buckeyes had three future 
uh, NFL offensive linemen, who, by the way, are all playing in the NFL right now. It's not like they're just on rosters. And you have the number two overall pick in the draft leading a quarterback if, if you're a Buckeye there, right? And it was Marcus Freeman's first game. And, and look, Notre Dame the next week went, went at home and lost to Marshall. Um, so I, I just don't really put a ton of stock into last year's game when thinking about what we're going to see this year. There are so many new faces in key positions this time around. Um, I, I, I'm not reflecting too much on last year as I get ready for this year's game. Okay, so let's look at this Saturday. We covered a few things here. Are there any other you know, with, uh, areas you would consider to be the keys to the game this Saturday? Uh, I think Audrey Destiny from Notre Dame is a, a rock-solid running back, and I don't love Notre Dame's receivers. I think they're good. I don't think they're elite. Um, I would be surprised if Notre Dame doesn't try to establish the run game early on. So I'm, I'm kind of anticipating, you know, what's this going to look like when Audrick Estime gets some early touches in the game and, and how Ohio State flies to the football. Um, Josh Proctor, Ohio State starting safety, has had a really good start to the season. Probably his best stretch of three games he's played in his career. Josh is extremely aggressive, and he's very good defending the run. He's gotten significantly better in past uh, you know, pass game this year. Um, but he's still a little susceptible at times to, to letting a guy slip by him. I'm curious to see how Notre Dame tries to put Josh Proctor in a position where, you know, they can use his own aggressiveness against him. Um, and, you know, I, I want to see what kinds of packages Ohio State comes out in because you know, game one against Indiana, they were lining up with, three tight ends and two running backs, and, and all of a sudden Buckeye fans are like, what What are we watching here? This doesn't look anything <laughs> like what we've come to see Ohio State run. Uh, they haven't really gone back to that the last couple of weeks, but you know they've shown a variety of things here early in the year as they've tried to figure out what their own personnel and capability looks like. Um, and, and they're going to go do it against a team that finally is equitable in terms of talent. So I, I, I am also interested to see how Ryan Day these guys up um they'll they'll be ready and and i think they're excited for a chance to go prove that you know everybody's been doubting ohio state just because they haven't looked quite the way you want them to look because they only beat indiana by a couple touchdowns and they they only beat you know youngstown state uh an fcs program 35 to 10 you know i'll, I'll tell you this or i should say 35 to 7 I, i'd rather be ohio state beating Youngstown State 35-7 than the way Michigan won their 35-7 game over UNLV. And I'd rather be Kyle McCord this week than J.J. McCarthy, who threw three picks against Bowling Green last week. So, um, you know, I, I think Ohio State is, uh, is is walking into this game, Bob, with a chip on its shoulder, ready to prove that they are good enough to, to you know stay in the national conversation. Okay, I only got about 30 seconds here. Do they win that game Saturday night, Ohio State? Yeah, I think they do. Um, I think they win it somewhat convincingly. I'm going to say 34-20. All right, Brandon, good stuff. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks very much for anybody that's looking for Ohio State coverage throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, BuckeyesNow.com is the Fan Nation Network channel on Sports Illustrated. We've got lots of stuff on our YouTube channel as well. And, um, 
We'll, uh, we'll have a live post-game show uh, from the stadium when, uh, when we're all done with the press conferences. We stream all that stuff live. So BuckeyesNow.com and the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast, wherever you like to get your favorite shows, is where you can find us. Thank you very much, Brandon. Uh, have fun on Saturday night. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Right. Brendan Gulick covers Ohio State for Sports Illustrated.